1: call it 209 till infinity friend the party don't stop the party
0: don't end now let's let the episode begin what up what up what up and welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast as always it's your boy DJ Billie A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your mic and tell him who you am, my friend.
1: Yo, 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 what's going on? It is your boy, Savage O'Malley, a.k.a. Big Skis, a.k.a. Drillbit for all the Amador County folks that are listening. (laughs) Shout out to the homie, Asquatch.
0: Yo, here we go again with the (laughs) Asquatch. And you know, last week... Keith reached out. He's like, oh, it's on now, Scott. We're going to do this. We're doing this. It's on. And I was just like, I told him, I said, hey, man, look, we were drinking. <laughs> and I, and I, I said, to be honest with you, man, you can hear the shock in my voice. I didn't know what Asquatch, I, don't, I still don't know what Asquatch means. And you were like, hey, by the way, it's a compliment and I'm like okay but to me that just sounds like you're saying somebody's got an ass like a Sasquatch like it's all like a, and I, I don't know if that's a compliment or not but I'm gonna take your word for it if you say it's a compliment man
1: uh-huh. I am going to
0: believe that it's a compliment and you know the homie Keith was laughing and, and got a kick out of it so I was like hey man It's open game, you do what you gotta do, you know (laughs) He happens to have a podcast as well So he can return fire We may have started uh, This might be like a it, it, you know how rappers have beef and they start dropping diss tracks. Well, we we, we might have, we may have our own little podcast beef. Oh shit! Maybe we'll up the numbers. They say yeah. that a lot of beefs are started just to up numbers and get more streams, right? Like MGK dissing Eminem or The Game dissing Eminem. Apparently, everyone disses Eminem to get more fame. I don't. Know Let me to, just tell
1: you this, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And I don't mean this to be ripping on anybody. Yeah. Or um out anybody right but i'm just being honest okay i don't know who keith does his podcast with
0: yeah it's my homie it's our homie sam he plays bass in the band
1: um but yeah i can tell you that between keith myself and yourself yes um unfortunately there's a little more beef than we'd like
0: yeah <laughs> well on
1: my end for sure yeah
0: yeah, yeah. you know what i mean it's i'm sure all of us
1: would like to uh maybe we need to have a workout beef
0: uh, yeah, hey, man, nothing will motivate you more than somebody telling you you can't do it, right? So if somebody was like, hey, fat ass, you're always going to be a fat ass. Good luck with that. That would be what would push me. I can tell you the one time that really fired me up and I lost weight was somebody came up and poked me in the belly and said, you don't look like you miss a meal or something to that effect. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, looks like, uh looks like you're enjoying the food a bit. And he gave me the Pillsbury Doughboy poked to the belly. And that lit a fire under me that started me on a diet revolution. That was uh, that was about six or seven years ago now, but uh, I, I maybe need someone to light that fire under my ass again. So maybe a beef, beef.
1: I'll, I'll tell you this do the trick. as a, a as a as a uh, as a bigger dude, yeah, right? I'll say this. I've I've said this before. I'm pretty sure. Like I feel like everyone feels like it's okay to make a comment to a bigger person like that's fair game like you could do whatever you want people do that shit right. all the time oh 100 right but but if you if you made fun of a skinny person or a person because of their color or whatever right like right. you yeah, get yeah, yeah. you know you get flamboasted over yeah, that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. right but like so like i'll tell you this i had this uh this one guy who was older than me and uh you know i'm a respectful guy i'm respectful but he'd call me big fella oh yeah 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 right and i'll be like all right dude like i just let it go but then like What's going on, big guy? What's up, yeah, big right. fella? Yeah. So I started calling him Little Fella. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, you little guy. What's going on down there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> right? And he got pissed. He said, what do you say that to me for? And I was like, Right. Why do you say that to me? You're a bigger guy. And I said, Well, you're little. You're a little fella. Right. And he got upset. Right. And I said, You see, dude? Yeah.
0: It's not, it's not coach. I used to get it all the time in the restaurant game. Mm-hmm. I think people thought, Oh, here's Big Bill, Big Friendly Bill, Big Guy. I used to hear Big Bill, Big Guy, Big Man. Uh, I used to get like, oh, man, I could tell you like eating here. I could tell you enjoy working here. I used to get that. (laughs) Food must be good. Yeah, used to hear that shit constantly. You're like free advertising for this place. You know what, man? What if I free advertise my foot? To the side of your jaw motherfucker that's what i you know in my mind that's what i'm thinking but i got to keep it respectful because i still want them to leave me five dollar tip on the table you know i'm still trying to get paid so but yeah man it's that kind of stuff that really uh we, we how did we get on this <laughs> we got on the diet side bro. because right? uh yeah. beef oh beef the beef beef but yeah no you're absolutely right man the fastest way i think to get to start getting back into shape And to get yourself motivated is to have somebody insult you. And then on top of it, if they could tell you that you couldn't do it. Oh, dude, dude, you want to spark me up? You want to get my fires going? I wish somebody, hey, somebody in the podcast, reach out to me in a message and just be like, hey, Bill, you fat ass. You're always going to be a fat ass and you can't lose weight. Just, just message me that. Just a two oh nine till infinity on Instagram, TikTok, yeah, uh, Facebook. You can find us. Just say, yo, Billy A. Drop me that line. And see, it, may, it might, work. Might I might come back looking like the Rock next time we record. Be like, what happened, Holy Bill?
1: Shitty turned Hawaiian.
0: <laughs> like, goddamn, Bill, what
1: happened? They've gone to
0: plaid. That's right. Spaceballs, <laughs> But yeah, man. So it's it's good. To be back. It is a Saturday morning here in Series, California, and That's I'm true. happy to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, we're not doing a Friday night session like we did a few weeks back. Uh, we actually getting it in on a Saturday. We made it work, and, uh, and then I'm uh, I'm stoked to be here, man. Lots to talk about. The thing about doing th- going three weeks in a clip without recording is things happen. Right. We have insane lives. It may not, you know. Hey, we talk about movies. We talk about music, right? But sometimes shit just goes down in our regular lives that that uh, is probably more interesting and crazier than anything any any movie or music we could talk about. Sometimes I can tell you for me right now, uh, there's a lot of shit going down. Uh, little thing I wanted to touch on with you, uh, I didn't. We didn't even talk about this beforehand. I finally watched the Defiant Ones. Speaking of TV and music. Dude, I know that's like, I'm like the last guy in the world to see that, I think, because it was on HBO. and I I
1: don't even know what you're talking about.
0: The Defiant Ones, the Dr.
1: Dre, Jimmy Iovine. Have you not seen it? Oh, my God. From like five years ago? Yes. Oh.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm the last person on earth to have seen this. Yeah, the Defiant Ones, the documentary. It's so
1: long ago, I forgot what it was even called. About
0: Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, and it coincides their careers, like how each one of them started until the point where they intersect and meet together and start working together. Uh, It was on HBO. I've never paid for HBO because I'm broke. And then uh, you know, and then after it came off of HBO, you could only you could only pay to watch it, like pay on Amazon or pay on. Apple Music to stream it. And I wasn't going to pay the $9.99 because it's in three episodes or three. I think it's four episodes. It's like a documentary, but they broke it up into almost like TV episodes. It's four long episodes. So I never was going to pay to watch it. I kept thinking eventually it'll stream. So, boom, here we go. Fast forward. We get HBO Max. Hey, fast forward half a decade. Right. So when HBO Max happens and they're doing all the movies, well, I think finally I'm going to watch The Defiant Ones because now HBO Max Anything that was on HBO is on HBO Max, right? So I'll watch The Defiant Ones on HBO Max. Wah, 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 wah. For some fucking reason, the only thing that HBO ever produced that's not on HBO Max is The Defiant Ones. So then I go back to Prime, and they still want like $9.99 for it to watch it. So... I don't watch it so fast forward um i have peacock i pay 4.99 a month for peacock because peacock is NBC. so that's where i watch uh the voice and that's where i watch america's got talent and that's where i watch uh old reruns of some older shows that i never got into like modern family and things like that saturday night lives on peacock bel air's on peacock Uh, i'm scrolling through one day and lo and behold there's the fucking defiant ones and it's like under the things about to leave peacock and it's like this is going away in like eight days and I'm like oh my fucking god I have to watch this like right now so I start binge watching The Defiant Ones what an incredible phenomenal documentary I mean I am so sorry I didn't get to see it when it initially dropped But this week, I've just been listening to NWA and Dr. Dre and Ice Cube because, you know, when you watch a good documentary and you see the story of how those people came to be and all the stars that lined up and the way the hard work that they put in to get where they were, it fires you up and makes you want to go back. Not that I always didn't listen to their music anyway. But here's the thing. I knew being a hip hop head. I knew most of the stuff about Dr. Dre. There was a few little tidbits that I learned. I thought it was interesting that he was initially uh, uh, thought about he was going to do a sneaker, a sneaker deal. He was trying to figure out what he should do for sneakers. Was it Boots by Dre? I, I don't know what it was going to be, but he's telling Jimmy Iovine. I thought that was one of the most interesting things. Jimmy Iovine came by his beach house, walked up the beach because they live by each other, and they're sitting in the backyard. And He goes... They want me to do a sneaker. I know there's money in sneakers. He's like, dude, I don't know anything about fashion. I wear the same outfit and the same pair of shoes every day. He's like, I don't change. I'm not a fashion guy. And Jimmy Iovine said, fuck sneakers. You should be doing speakers. And Dre was like, can I do that? And he's like, yeah, why not? But Jimmy Iovine knew shit about speakers of the tech world, but they jump in, fast forward, like two days later, Iovine's calling Dre to the office and they've got 30 different brands of headphones. They're listening to them all, trying to figure out what's good about one, what's bad about another. And fast forward, Beats by Dre is born. And then the the documentary ends with them selling Beats by Dre for $3.1 billion to Apple and selling the uh beats music to apple which became apple music uh pretty fucking incredible story but uh, i knew most of the stuff about dre but the stuff about jimmy iveen i always just thought jimmy iveen was a record executive i didn't know he started in the producer world so when you learn in that documentary that the first time he gets called into the studio to assist with a record it's fucking john lennon the first time he gets called in i mean come on man that would be like some record producer going hey bill uh, we know you're just getting started and you haven't done much yet. Can you come assist us on uh, The Chronic 3? We just thought you might want to step in and, you
1: know, like... Hey, hey, Bill, I know you're you're just getting things started and you're really getting your feet wet right now, but if you could come in and help us on this Bono record.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, and he worked with Bono. He worked with everyone, dude. I had no idea. That was the Jimmy Iovine portion of it. Like, I knew how NW... I've heard the story of how NWA came together a million times and how Easy wasn't going to record boys in the hood but they forced him to do it and it became a massive hit i knew all that shit but the iveen stuff yeah dude you're absolutely right bono like the the shit he did with u2 bruce springsteen um oh i'm not remembering her name right now but the young lady who sings for um Oh gosh, I dude, it's it's awful. I'm not remembering that. Just legend after legend. He, uh, uh Tom Petty, uh-huh, like uh-huh. he's done some of the most classic. Like you think of an artist and their best album. There's a good chance Jimmy Iovine did it. He did the best records for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, for Bruce Springsteen, the John Lennon he record he worked on was a classic. The U two records he did octum baby with you too and like just crazy dude his his story about being the little italian immigrant who came up knowing nothing about the record industry and he just kind of pushed his way in and then became a phenomenal businessman was crazy dude and i know it's been like 10 years since this documentary dropped and it's outdated but i watched it and was just like yo that was so good but the kind of you know what was sad about it man is they should have done like they should do an extended version of that because it kind of ends on this very happy note for dr dre like he sells beats he builds his dream home with his dream studio by the beach he's him and his wife are happy and are in love and everything's great and now he's just going to work with younger artists and and he's he's got money to do the, the freedom to just do whatever the hell he wants the end it's kind of the end oh and you know they open a school for kids to to produce music he he Donates like millions of dollars to Compton High to, re, to refurbish Compton High, which is awesome. Documentary ends. Well, there's a lot more to that story. You know, Dr. Dre has a brain aneurysm and almost dies. Right. Then he gets divorced. Uh, and the story is just so crazy, dude. Like it, like it ends on this happy note, but it's funny watching it in hindsight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I was like, it's kind of sad because it seems like he's got such a great life and he's so happy. But I know the rest of the story. (laughs) Right, right, right. I know part two. Like, (laughs) it ain't written yet, but I saw part two, and it's not good. Well, it was written. Yeah, But it wasn't written then. No, it was not. It is now. Like, there could be a continuation to that documentary where they talk about his brain aneurysm and him coming out and trying to get back in shape and get back in the studio and, and his divorce and how much money he had to give his wife and... I look at her and there's scenes with them hugging and talking about how in love what they are with each other. And I looked at my wife because she sat down and watched some of it with me. And I'm like, oh, man, that bitch is so rich now. (laughs) Like, it's not even funny. Like, yo, if you got to fall out of love with somebody, you may
1: as well get paid. And she is getting
0: paid.
1: But, yeah, man, phenomenal. Well, Dr. Drain eating top ramen. No,
0: no. Hey, $3.1 billion with a B. Billion. Buh. Uh. They sold uh, That's money that's, that's Fuck you money That's like I can do whatever I want money Like He can literally Never drop an album again I love There's a scene in the In the documentary Where Eminem says uh, He's like I was pissed at Dre And I like Eminem's honesty He's like I don't care about headphones. I want another Dr. Dre record. He's like, I don't care about headphones. He's like, all I kept hearing about was these headphones. He's like, we'd film a video and be done with the video. And then Jimmy would show up and be like, no, we need to film for another hour because we need to film you guys wearing the headphones. Like everywhere we went, you had to take a picture with somebody with those headphones. And he's like, it pissed me off. And he's like, but I had no idea. What a genius. Like fast forward, $3.1 billion, (laughs) you know? i get it now he's like but all i wanted was a dr dre record he's like why he's like why are we talking about headphones i want can we get a dr dre record please and i'm like yeah am that's how we all feel (laughs) you know like i get it yeah i that was probably the most relatable moment for me in the whole documentary is i was like yeah i can't relate to people having 3.1 billion or making records or hanging out with bruce springsteen or sitting on a yacht fishing you know But I can, or having a beach house. But I can relate to wanting a Dr. Dre record, and and I love the fact that Eminem, even though he's a bazillionaire and and sees Dr. Dre probably on the regular, that he. He's just like a fan still. He's like, yeah, dude, I just want a fucking Dr. Dre record. I don't even think he cares if he's on it. He's like, I just want a Dr. Dre record. Like, I don't care about headphones. Right. Anyways, so 10 years later, that documentary gets the 209 cosign for me. Right. I, if you have Peacock, you got about three days left to watch it. So go for it. There you, it is. Yeah.
1: Just a reminder, next week we will be uh, reviewing the 1993 classic Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. Because we like to let, let things uh, simmer for a little bit. Yeah, there's also a documentary
0: called Supersize Me. I don't yeah. know if anybody's seen it where the guy eats McDonald's for 30 days. It was an excellent documentary.
1: We've also been waiting to uh, give this a little time to breathe before we got into it. We're going to uh, review the life of Charlie Chaplin.
0: Hey, there you go. I'd say, uh Robert Downey Jr. played
1: Charlie Chaplin in the movie. No, I mean the real Charlie Chaplin. Oh, you want to like talk in about the, 20s, the real
0: though. story? You want to go all the way back? Yeah,
1: all the way. We do take hit, it turn this into all a history the way podcast. Back.
0: All right. But anywho, man, that's that's I just that just hit me in the head. I was just super impressed with that documentary, and because we love music and because we love movies, that was like the best of both worlds. And I'm such a Dr. Dre fan that I was like. But I was really impressed with Jimmy Iovine. That dude's like the ultimate hustler.
1: Man. You, you know what? I'll, I'll say this, man. And this is something I've kind of been thinking about a little bit here and there. Um, there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of reasons to not like social media. Right. There are <sighs> endless uh, examples of negativity and, um, you know, just just not great things in that you know it not it but it not being used for the right reasons right yes that being said there are a lot of amazing things that have come out um because of this influx of um social media yes and i will say this not to our benefit because right when we started a podcast and we're starting to get some some momentum the world stopped and everybody started making podcasts yes absolutely every um,
0: every celebrity musician actor singer yeah you name it they so one median right
1: one um and and what and what that really did was from and i get this i really do so let's take example right like it gave comedians it gave athletes it gave actors it gave all of these people who are celebrities yeah the ability to have control correct the ability to not have to do it through media to do it themselves and then they have their choices of what they want to do right so uh, one of the things that i've noticed for me that has been really awesome when i see um social media is especially on TikTok, and then it's all the same videos they just kind of get TikToks get sent to Instagram and then to yes. Facebook. So yeah, it's all yeah, the yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. content for the most part. But like we're getting these true stories of stuff that has happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, for example, I, I I love like there's this there's this one video I saw where uh it's I, I think it is. I think it is, uh, there's a podcast with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes.
0: Okay, yeah. The yeah, basketball guys.
1: Yep. And I forget what it's called. I've seen clips of yeah, it. Yeah, they're interviewing Kevin Garnett. Okay, yeah. And he's talking about early on in his career, right? It's like him, he's on Minnesota. He's playing with J.R. Ryder. JR Ryder's having a great game. Right. Kevin Garnot- Garnett is known for running his mouth. Yes. So he runs his mouth to Jordan. Oh, right? And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. keep lighting him up, dude. Keep lighting him up. He's using the N-word, right? Yeah, yeah Take yeah. that, dude. You know, you. this is your game, da, 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 right? And JR's like, yo, shut up, dude. Stop, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, Garnett says, the next 10 minutes were a blur. We were down 4 to down 30. Jordan had 16. Now he has 40. Yeah. I never ran my mouth again to Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah. like, that's a story that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to see on, um, you know, uh, ESPN, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, CSN uh, Bay Area Sportsnet or whatever. Right, exactly. They're, you know, that's something that they feel comfortable. They're talking. They're just the dudes yeah. talking about basketball stories and stuff. Right. And that, and I've seen stuff like that with rappers and musicians for oh, stories that we would never get unless we, maybe they talk about it like in a book. I don't know about you, I'm not much of a reader. Right, no, not too much. So that's those kind of stories, and that is something that has really grown from this social media culture, Yeah, uh, which I absolutely love, is that there is this this influx of um, information and um, just true stories that we might not have run into otherwise. There's
0: no time limit on a podcast. I mean, you and I generally try to keep it in an hour, Uh, and I've heard people say that they try to do... 35 45 minutes because they feel like people may not have that much time in their commute to work or they may not have those kind of attention spans or they just may not have that much time period but Joe Rogan does three hour podcast there's no time limit if Kevin Garnett goes to ESPN to sit down for an interview there is a really really strong chance they're gonna want to talk to him about what he thinks about the state of the NBA what's going on with his team what's happening with the coaching, where does he see the team next year? They have a very, you know, they've got maybe five to 10 minutes to knock this interview out before they move on to whatever the next program is. Kevin Garnett can go on Matt Barnes's podcast and they could just bullshit and have a conversation for three hours. Like, and there's so many questions and so many stories that will never come up in just a standard interview. If, if uh, Jim Carrey goes on Jimmy Kimmel to promote the newest uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie, They might tell one funny story and then he's got to plug the movie and he's gone. But if Jim Carrey shows up on, I don't know, David Spade and Dana Carvey's Fly on the Wall podcast to talk comedy, they could go for two hours and just and just shoot the shit. And all of a sudden, Jim will remember, oh, my God, there was this one time. Right. Right. Because when you're having a conversation, just like what you and I are doing right now, we didn't really have a set theme for what this podcast was going to be. We have several topics we kind of wanted to touch on. But all of a sudden, man, I remembered the Dr. Dre documentary, the Defiant Ones from 2020, 2008, or whenever the fuck it was. And it sends us off on this tangent where we just start talking. Now we're talking about social media and podcasting. But yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And I, th- I think that uh, there, there are a lot of negatives to social media. And, and, and But podcasting is something that I think was born from the social media world. And it's, a, it's an incredible tool. Like, you got to think the reason why all these actors and comedians and athletes did a podcast was because when they got locked down, right, during COVID, they could no longer entertain people. They could no longer do what they love. So this gave them an outlet to be able to, like, comedians are like, I can still be funny and still tell jokes, right? And I don't have to do it in front of a crowd, but I could still do it. Actors can still in some way or form, still be entertaining people and, and telling stories and being storytellers. Because that's if you're acting, you're just telling a story. You're pretending right, to be right. someone else. So, But it pod, the, the podcast also gave people like you and I, there were a lot of people during quarantine and during COVID that needed an outlet. And it helped probably a lot of people. Like, hey, regardless of how many listeners they were getting, it was a way for them to get together with a couple of friends once a week and uh, blow off some steam and just feel better. And I think it's important to know that, yeah, there's billions of podcasts. Maybe not billions, but there's millions of podcasts for sure. And uh, yeah, not all of them are going to get sponsored and get huge and make a shit ton of money. But um, it helped people. It was an outlet. And it was a way. And, and that's the way I look at it now. At this point, we're five years in. Am I disappointed that we don't have bigger numbers? Yeah. Yeah. There are times when I get down and I think, shit, man, how can... After five years of grinding and putting in the work and promoting our podcast on social media, how are we not at least, you know, I, I get that we don't have millions of listeners, but how do we not have at least, you know, a hundred more listeners than we had five years ago? How, how does that way? And, and I get down, but then I think, you know what, Bill, why did you start the podcast? I started doing this because it was a way to spend time with you. And because I loved our conversations and I thought it would, why not record them? And it was also a, because I wasn't in a band and I didn't have music going, I needed an outlet. I needed some way to still be able to entertain people and to fill that void. So the podcast got me down here to series to spend time with you and see you and also filled the entertain- entertainment void for me. So when I get down on myself, I got to remember. I didn't start this to get famous. I didn't start this to make money. We didn't put together the 209 podcast because we thought this was gonna be, we were gonna get thousands of followers and sponsors and make money. We did it because we enjoy talking and we're good friends and we like to spend time together. And I did it because there was a void that I needed to fill a gap. And it does that. And so there are times when I think, you know, maybe this might be the last season. And then I get here and we do it. And I go, oh no, this could go forever.
1: You know what I'm saying? like, And that's that's the truth. Well, let me switch this up on you and put yeah. this in a little bit of perspective for you. Yeah. <clears throat> you just said we didn't start this to become famous. Right. But if you look at the whole landscape of the entire thing that we've done the entire time, right? hmm For the most part. Right. I would say that we are both in a much better place since the podcast started.
0: Agreed, agreed. So
1: maybe this was just the catalyst to the universe making things happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, sometimes it takes something to set other things in motion. So the podcast may have been the trigger that sparked anything else in our lives. Because yes, yeah, we've talked about this a million times. Your and I's lives are 100% different than from when this podcast started. Since this podcast started, I have moved, uh, I have bought, a, I moved to a different rental home, bought my first home, uh, did two career changes, um, yeah, been through ups and downs with family, with my wife, with my kids, uh, financial woes, uh, you name it, good and bad, but a million per thousand trillion percent different my life is now from what it was five years ago and i mean you've talked about this yours is the same as well so many changes with family and jobs and relationships and uh right and yeah it feels like because things were so different when we started the podcast it definitely 100 percent, feels like That you you might be right that that would have been the catalyst where things started the ball rolling like right that us having a conversation going we should do a podcast and you going like I think that's a great idea let's do it from the first moment we plugged the mic in in your kitchen and started the ball rolling to now um, Uh, it's like an absolute revolution in our lives
1: (laughs) one of my one of my favorite uh, stories when we look back about things is right is how you were telling me that. I think it was your boss at uh, the other place was like, you should do a podcast. Yeah. And then you just hit me up kind of randomly throwing out there and you didn't expect me to react like the way I did. Right. Like I was immediately like, like, sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. I was looking at mics and you were like, all right, I guess this is happening. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, absolutely, man. It was, you and I went back and forth so much uh, about music. It initially started as like, that's how you and I stayed in touch.
1: I'd be like... What you think of that Eminem record? Well, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, and
1: it's so funny. And so, like, I was trying to explain to Kim about this. Yeah, right. She, cause, cause, I don't know if we were specifically st- talking about how it started or whatever, right? So I told him, I, I told her, I said, look, so, like, I was coming out of my relationship, and you and I had started picking it up a little bit more, talking about music, and then one day you were like, yo, Yellow Wolf's coming to, yes, uh, Ace of Spades, correct? And it was around my birthday. I said, F it, let's go. Right. So then we were already kind of already talking about that. the Because we started the podcast like a week or two after the Yellow Wolf concert. Right. Right. So it was just kind of like that was the the time of my life where, like you just said, I needed to fill a void. Right. And that void was music and the gym and And going to concert and turned into the podcast, which became a passion, which, you know what I mean? Like, all of that came from there. Like, that's kind of where it started. Right. You know, even though we'd always been kind of like, I'll, I'll, Facebook memories will pop up now. Yes. From f- 12 years ago. And it'll be like, oh, man, love this new exhibit album. Right. And yeah, you'll be yeah. like, oh, I got to peep it out, dude. Yeah. You check out the new Chino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. And it'll be from, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 2003 right absolutely 2001
0: that's the other good thing that i love about social media i love those memories when they pop up uh sometimes sometimes they make me feel really old like oh my god like i shared with you one the other day uh i didn't put a picture there's no video it's just me saying something like oh my god i just heard robin williams died and i forget it's been like 10 years or something crazy like that and i'm like i sent this to you scott and i'm like Because Robin Williams is absolutely hands down, he's a goat to me. Like, if there's a top five rappers list for my my top five actors list, easily Robin Williams is somewhere in there. He's a goat to me. He's got classic after classic. Some of my most favorite films are by Robin Williams. Uh, So that really hit me hard that his death, his passing got me. And we got a signed somewhere in here, we got a signed picture by him that that I I got. There he is hanging on the wall from Patch Adams. Uh, I love Robin Williams. So that hit me really hard and that memory popped up and i remember i screenshotted it and sent it to you and i forget if i think it's been 10 years but something like that like just blew me away but that that's uh yeah that's one of those things where it's like i immediately was taken back to where i was at that moment when i saw that memory like so they're not always great memories that pop up but it's still kind of a cool to go like oh my god i can remember exactly when I heard the news and what I was doing and where I was and having to post that, like I don't <clears> normally post things like that.
1: There, there's certain things that will trigger an emotional response right. or trigger uh, a memory sure. or something like that, and and it's it's one of the things that is so powerful about music. Yes, right, because there's certain things that will trigger memories, and music is so closely linked because music's kind of everywhere all the time. Yes, right, like. I hear too short, shorty the pimp album. Yes. I'm immediately transported every single time I hear that album to riding on the school bus uh-huh. back from Somerville. Right. Sitting next to Casey Holcomb. Okay. Because that's the album that I was listening to during that era. Right. And I would just, you know, I was sure. you know how it was. We we there wasn't a lot of people that liked the music we liked. No. So it was just me and my disc yeah. man and 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 yeah. you know, and then her going, What are you listening to? And then I give it to her and you know, she's a Billy Ray Cyrus fan, so it was like the worst thing. Oh yeah. It was like I was probably <laughs> throwing the devil into her ears.
0: You know. Oh, that's funny. Billy Ray Cyrus. Now you fast forward to now, and Billy Ray Cyrus is singing on Little Nas X's yeah. hometown road. Old old town road?
1: Yeah. So don't tell my heart, my, my achy, breaky, breaky heart. heart. Yeah. I just don't think you'd understand. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road,
0: and I'm going to ride till I can no more. If you'd have told Casey Holcomb back in 1990, whatever that was, that Billy Ray Cyrus would be singing the hook on a gay rapper's song? A gay rapper named Lil Nas X's song? She would have probably spit in your face and been like, don't you ever, how dare you? There's no way in hell that my guy, Billy Ray, the guy that sings Aiky Breaky, the dude with the mullet and the tight wranglers, would ever sing on a rapper song. Dude, that's the power of hip hop. Like, that's insane to me that like, hip hop is such a juggernaut, such this massive, it's the reason why Jelly Roll is where he is right now. Like, as much as Jelly Roll feels like he has to make a country record to be famous, the reason that Jelly Roll is where he is right now and is able to make a country record and able to get all this love, it was the power of hip-hop pushing him to that point. Hip-hop, there's a lot of people that I hear now when I roll around, all of a sudden, I'm hearing people playing uh, Waylon & Willie records. Right. I never heard Waylon & Willie bumping from people's cars as I rode by. I've heard it five or six times now. Like, people are going back and digging into Jelly Roll's discography. Fans in general are just more open-minded to music now. Like, it's, 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 it's not... It used to be like back in our day, like when you're sitting next to Casey Holcomb, you love Too Short, she loved Billy Ray, and there was a a wall there. That you a, a literal live. wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas now, how many people could be like, yo, man, I love Garth Brooks. I've seen him 20 times in concert. But goddamn, that new Snoop Dogg record is really good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. a, it's a different, we're in a different, it's better now. Uh, there's, the, the the lines are blurred and people just love what they love. And it's, those walls have been broken down like when we were in high school it was oh there's the grunge guys over there there's the rappers there's the jock dudes
1: there's the metal guys like let me just let me just uh, take the take you down a let me take you down memory lane okay yeah let's go there I so I think we we are always for for the most part we are who we are correct so I have always been eclectic. When it comes to music, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But a lot of times I hit it, right? Because I was looked at as the rap guy, Mm -hmm. so I would listen to Metallica when I was by myself. Right. I would listen to Leonard Skinner and stuff that my dad made me listen to that I ended up liking. Sure. That southern rock when I was by myself. Sure. Right. Yeah. I remember one time like somebody came to my house, and I had like a Best of Creedence Clearwater Revival CD that I okay. got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Jason Allen, okay. but I'm not positive. Okay. And he was like, what is this? I was like, oh, it's my dad's. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, you know, you were looked at as a certain thing. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So at some point along the line, you get older and you don't give a shit. And so like, I've always been eclectic. So like right now, like I can listen to anything from <laughs> Brother Lynch Hung. Yes. Yeah. To Jack Johnson. Correct. Which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk, talk about polar opposites.
0: Very different, yes. Right, to... If Jack Johnson ever features on a Brother Lynch Hong song or vice versa... I that that may be the time I got to check out and be like okay I've seen it all
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that's it, it. Yeah, yeah I'm just waiting for the uh yeah. the earth to open up and swallow yeah, us all yeah, in yeah.
0: holy shit brother Lynch hung featuring yeah it's not probably not Jack yeah. Johnson yeah.
1: yeah dude that yeah. would be awesome featuring Jack Johnson and Kelly Clarkson
0: yes on uh I'm gonna eat your babies and kill you
1: or something <laughs> to that nature that's brother Lynch right there yeah
0: that's terrible, but I'm pretty sure he talks about all that stuff in songs.
1: Yeah. New
0: single bad. Garden
1: Block Baby Killer mm-hmm. featuring Jack Johnson and Kelly Clark's. Yeah. Coming soon to the VMAs and the CMAs. Um, but no, I've always kind of been that way, so then like There's just things that we like and things that we don't like, but part of that is also like Like not I, I wasn't embarrassed. Right. When I was younger. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just wasn't as socially accepted no you were kind of just you you, we put people in boxes 100 percent. and it became music became an extension of who you
0: were like i was the rap guy too i was rap master billy a i had to wear like you know there's that eminem song where he said i was wearing blue and red like i didn't see what the big deal is well back in the day i loved nwa so much one day i'd show up to school in all blue Like a blue flannel, a blue hat, and then the next day I'd have a red flannel and a red hat. Because I just knew that that's what the rappers I loved were wearing. And if I was a rap guy, if I was going to be the rap guy, I needed to be wearing what they were wearing. So it became an extension of who I am. Music isn't just what I listen to, it's who I am. And for me, and we've probably talked about this in the podcast before, where the world opened up and changed for me was the '90s, when the lines started to get blurred in the the mid to the, the, the mid '90s, like I'd say like '95, '96. All of a sudden, the rap, the rock, and the rap world came together uh, with groups like Corn, and groups like the Deftones, and group, groups like Rage Against the Machine, and 311, and Limp Biscuit. All of a sudden. These people that I had nothing in common with, you know, the rock guys, the metal guys were always out in the parking lot smoking cigarettes and listening to their records or listening to music on their cars. And the rap guys had the big booming speakers in their cars on the other side of the parking lot. And they were probably smoking weed. You know, I don't know, but... Anyway, it was like two separate worlds. All of a sudden, these worlds collided. All of a sudden, I went, oh my God, this Rage Against the Machine is blowing my mind, and those are the most rocking guitars I've ever heard. Holy shit, this 311's insane, and they're rapping, and they're mixing it with reggae. And so is Sublime, and so is No Doubt. And then you got Korn, who brings Deftones onto a song, and then they do Wicked by Ice Cube. And they rock the fuck out of Wicked, dude. And I'm just like, what's happening? And then I get into bands, and I realize... That like, holy shit, a lot of the hip hop I listen to, especially the Beastie Boys, sampled Led Zeppelin, sampled old rock music. So all of a sudden I'm working in restaurants and they're playing classic rock and I'm going, wait a minute, that's the Beastie Boys. I go, no, no, that's Led Zeppelin. Or, wait a minute, that's third bass. No, 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 that's Boz Skaggs. You know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm learning that hip hop has always embraced rock in some way or form, especially with the sampling. And all of a sudden my mind opened to a whole nother avenue of music. And from rock, it then went to, you know, okay, there is some country that I like. Cause I was always like, I like all music. Once I started listening to rock and reggae and r and and soul and Motown, then I went, okay, I like all music except country. And then even that door, got, I'm like, well, no, Hank Williams Jr. is cool. Oh, uh, you know what? Johnny Cash has some tracks I like. So I can't even, couldn't even say that anymore. Then. From then, my world just opened up completely. I'd probably say 26, 27, somewhere around there, the wall completely came down. And I was like, you know what? I just love music. If if, if I feel it, uh, I think it's Kid Rock who had a thing. If, if it sounds good, if it looks good, you'll see it. If it sounds good, you'll hear it. If it's marketed right, you'll buy it. If it's real, you'll feel it. And so for me, if I feel it, I don't give a fuck what genre it is. It's just good music. If if it if it hits me here in the chest and I feel it, then it's real music to me and it's good music. And that's all. It's now there's only two kinds of music: music I fuck with, music I don't fuck with.
1: That's it. I, and I think part of the um, part of that transformation. And you you didn't exactly touch on this, but you kind of did. Yeah. When you said blurred lines. Yeah. Is that the music blurred too? Yes. Right. Yeah. The hybrid like, era. Right. Yeah. You, absolutely. Because you got it right. Yeah. Like, how many times did all of a sudden now Corn's doing a song with Ice Cube? Yes. And Dub C's sea yes. walking in a video. And, yeah. yeah. And Corn is they toured together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you you have those those the all of a sudden everything starts to blur a little bit, right? Yeah. Like. And I agree with you, if if it sounds good to me, then I'm with it. Yeah. If it ain't my thing, it ain't my thing, right? Right. Like Look, we've talked about this before. We are not Drake guys. No, no, no. Right? Yeah. But he is clearly speaking to some people. Oh, uh, yeah. He is a- yeah, clearly. Insanely popular artist. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like, we'll go down as a goat
0: yeah, he, for yeah, yeah. an
1: entire generation. Yes, agreed. Right? I cannot stand the dude. Right. I dislike him very much. Because you're not feeling it. Right. But I have several friends that are very close to me that are like absolute Drake stands. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. They were in a whole group of them were in San Francisco when I was in Frisco last weekend at the Drake concert at the Chase Center.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize he was there last weekend. Three four
1: hundred dollar seats. Yeah. And and those are not close. No, no, they're not. Not so you know, he's on that level. But the thing is 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 it when things start to blend and blur a little bit, yeah. like Jelly Roll, I think is a perfect example of that. You break out wits at Chapel. Yeah. It's not it's not your daddy's country. No, hell no. It's yeah. And this is where I think that like, for example, like when we were growing up, there was like Hank Williams, Charlie Daniels, Johnny Cash, right, 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 right. Waylon yeah. Jennings. That was outlaw country. Yes, and then there was this new batch of country: your Garth Brooks's, your Travis Tritt's, your Brooks and Dunn. That was like poppy country. Yeah, right? there was. I mean, there was still George Strait, who's I would consider like an old school country kind of dude. Right, but that was just wasn't my flow. I didn't. God, I liked a couple of Garth Brooks's songs, but they were more pop than they were country. Yes, to be honest, they were heading that but way. But it just wasn't yeah. really my style. But now you listen to country; it's more infused with rap style. Than country. There's 808 kick drums. 808s in, in the background, right? They're talking about Badonka Dunks
0: and rolling the windows down and bumping the music hella loud, which maybe that's not necessarily a hip hop thing, but I don't feel like that kind of stuff was being talked about as much. Uh, you know, talking about girls with big butts and and, uh, and rolling the windows down and playing your music loud probably isn't necessarily a hip hop thing, but I think hip hop definitely brought it to the forefront. I don't think you had country guys singing about Badunka Dunks right. prior to hip hop, you know? That's just that's just where it's at right now. Hip hop is the needle that pushes the culture forward. Like there's no way around it. Like, yeah, my favorite jelly roll songs on the on the Wits at Chapel are still the ones that have more of a hip hop feel. Like I like the one with uh, the Brantley Gilbert and uh, Struggle Jennings track where they they all my friends are be all my friends are behind bars. I them up so I can feel you know whatever it is. I can, I'm not saying the lyrics right, but Nailed there's it. a Nailed definite it. 88, 88 kick drum. There's a definite 808 in the back of the, in the background of that song that pushes it along. And even though the way they're singing, all my friends are behind bars, it's still got that. Tsk, in the background yeah. that pushes it along. The hip-hop energy, the vibe, is still there. Regardless, if, if Jelly Roll never raps another verse in his life, he will always be hip-hop. He will always be hip-hop. That Those 20 mixtapes he made and those you, you know, 15 straight rap albums or however many records he has now, that energy, his attitude, will always be hip-hop. Like, No matter what he says, no matter what he does... He could just do an album of nothing but Travis Tritt covers. You know, his next record could be... Right, right. I'm just going to cover Travis Tritt. 20 Travis Tritt songs, my favorites. It was still having hip-hop attitude and energy because that's where he was born and raised and grew up, like, with that shit. So, like, that's... That's the way I look at it. Like, it kind of... There were some things about the the Jelly Roll documentary. There's a couple things that upset me. Where I felt like he was turning his back on hip-hop. But then I thought about it. And I'm like, nah, the dude will always be hip-hop. He can't ever... He'll never lose the hip hop. It's just who he is, regardless if he never raps again. That's just, it's who he is. But there was a statement he made in the documentary where the reason I didn't sing is because nobody in my family sang. I rapped because I didn't think I could sing. He makes that comment in the documentary. And I looked at my wife and I was kind of pissed. Like, no, dude, you rapped because you loved it. Like, I wish he would have just said that at some point in the documentary. I loved hip hop. Like, it spoke to me. Like I did it because I had a passion for it. And that's the one thing about that documentary is he kind of other people are like, dude, Jelly Roll could rap his ass off. He was in rap battles. He won every rap battle. He was rapping in jail. Like he was rap, 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 rapping. You never hear that from Jelly. And that's probably my one disappointment is I know he loves hip hop. I know he's got he's grateful for where it brought him. But that doesn't come through in that documentary. And if I had one complaint, it's that. Because I know that Jelly loves hip hop. It's just right now, it's not what's made him a huge star and paying his bills, but it got him to the point where he could be a huge star and pay his bills. Mm. Anyway, yeah, dude, it's it's a different world musically than it was in 89, 90, when we first came up. You're absolutely right. There is no such thing. There might be people that just listen to rap or just listen to country and swear they don't like anything else. But there's still those people that I think they're in the closet. At some point they're like, there's a rap song they like. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. You know Ice Ice Baby. You can be the, the biggest country fan in the world and swear you hate hip hop. If I put Ice Ice Baby on, you know what it is. If I put on regulate. Tell me you never heard that shit. Get mm. out of here. I'm not buying it. Like, yeah. But yeah, man, just blessed to to be in a world we're in now where there's so many options. If, you know, with streaming now. You, there might be a genre of music out there you may not be familiar with, but you can check it out. You're paying fourteen ninety month nine for like you're paying fourteen ninety nine a month for your my family Spotify. I'm gonna listen to every goddamn thing they put out there, and I'll let you know if I like it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just where we're at now. Like I could be like, oh, you know what? Let me check this group out. Oh no, didn't like it. It's it's Korean pop, not a fan. Korean
1: boy bands. Let me, uh, not into uh, it. Yeah. Let me just drop you a little something. Yeah. And and this is a perfect example to me. A perfect example of, I would have never ran across this if I didn't have Spotify. Okay. What you got? This is my shit. Mm. Okay. Okay. would have never found this if it wasn't for Spotify. Yeah, I don't
0: think I've heard it. I'm waiting for some vocals to come inside.
1: Fairfield gets hot in the summer. And so does Baton Rouge. Mm. Never bothered me much, cause I never now snail was
0: Always just passing through. I never did meet my father. I never did have no son. So when my time is over, all oh, my name is. Last Train to
1: Nowhere, is that the name of the song? It is. Okay. I I haven't heard it. Here's my favorite line right here. Loved a dozen women in a dozen ways, but I can't recall the name. Ah.
0: So who is this?
1: Ghost Hounds. Ghost Hounds, okay. Would have never run across that. Let me guess, you were probably
0: listening to Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll ended, and was this something that they suggested? Probably.
1: I don't even know where it came from. I was literally driving somewhere while while I was traveling. Yeah. I was literally driving somewhere when I was traveling, and the song clicked over, and I heard this, and I went. This sounds like something from Justified. The show. The TV show. Yeah, 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 yeah and i was just i was all in man like immediately okay and uh it was that was good yeah, yeah. no
0: i can tell you that since i've been listening to wit's at chapel and listening to a lot of jelly roll when the albums end then they start pulling up artists that they think are similar to jelly roll and i'll be driving i'll be whether i'm out door dashing or on my 40 minute drive home or going out to a property that's 2 hours away um and it'll be in a similar vein, and I'll go. I don't remember this song on the Jelly Roll album. What the fuck is this? Like, who's this dude? Like, who's this featured? I don't. I th- this track's not ringing a bell. But I start nodding my head. There's been several artists to pop up since I've started listening to the Jelly Roll that I'm like, yo, this guy's good, man. These dudes are really good. Like. And that, you're absolutely right. That's the beauty of, for as much negativity as there is towards streaming, and I know the artists don't get paid properly, and I know that it's not the same as when they sell a physical medium, but we're never, that that era is over, so we got to figure out how to get the artists more money through the streaming, but the beauty of streaming is any artist, if I'm listening to Ice Cube, or Dr. Dre, or MC Ren, or uh the Wu-Tang Clan when their albums end or when the song ends it will take me to something that they think is similar that I might like now granted sometimes I'm like what's this bullshit fast forward but there's a lot of times I'm like who is this and I'll send it to you like yo man did you know this song even existed like I had no like a lot of times it'll be an artist I know did you know that they worked with this guy did you know that they released this do you know that this is five years old where the hell have I been Right. And that's the world where music comes out so fast and so furious now, it's easy to not, to miss something. So the beauty of Spotify is they they have algorithms to help you catch up. They start to realize from your listening patterns what you like and start suggesting things that they think you'd be into.
1: And this is, this is the, the hard part too. Like, I've been thinking about this for probably the better part of a year or two now. Uh-huh. We talk about is this album a classic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but how we used to define a classic was different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we 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 called doggy style a classic because we bought it and then we rotted on it for two years but because we rotted on it for two years we had physical copies we just didn't go back to the record store as much
0: right 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 right. Yeah.
1: whereas yeah. every day we pick up our phones there's something new snoop's popping up on different. somebody's record every other week yeah yeah uh, every yeah. day every week on release radar All of these people that I like are on these random people's songs. Yes. And sometimes I check them out, sometimes I don't because it's just so much stuff. Yeah. But like, we talked about is Mudmouth a classic? Yeah. Right? But if we're talking about 10 years ago where we didn't have everything at once in our hands, right? Maybe we look at albums different. Yes. Whereas now, maybe how we define a classic is different. I agree with that. Because. Maybe a classic is if I went out of my way to buy a physical copy, then it's probably a classic. Exactly. Because otherwise I'm just gonna listen to it on my, you know what I
0: mean? If I gotta own a physical, if I want something that I can touch, feel, and look at, then yeah, that's, I think that's a big part of it. You're definitely not basing it on radio play anymore because the artists that we listen to aren't getting rare play. Cause I would say one of the things that makes, like you mentioned doggy style, one of the things that makes doggy style a classic is uh, gin and juice is, who Am I, What's My Name, is, uh, oh, I can't remember the other big hit off that record, uh, Lottie Dottie, and uh, Murder Was the Case, hit after hit after hit after hit on that record. Um, you know, Snoop's newest record, well not his newest one, but the latest actual album, he's done a lot of mixtapes, uh, Back on Death Row, no radio play, you're not, you're not getting to it, but I can still go back to that album and pull it up and listen to it front to back Mm -hmm. and I still find myself now almost probably two years later I think now maybe we're close to two years I still go back occasionally and listen to that record and if Snoop would make a fucking physical copy of that album I would buy the vinyl I absolutely love that record and I will go on record now you and I said it was too soon to call Uh, I will personally say I think that's a classic in Snoop's discography which one is that? The latest one, the Back on Death Row. The the last one he did. D O
1: D R. Back on Death Row. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The first album, the first official Snoop Dogg album on Death Row. When he bought Death Row, he dropped that. Uh, I mean, so many beats by uh, Hit Boy. So many great features. Uh, the, The lyrics are well written. His flow is incredible. Snoop's in the pocket. It's got some of that classic doggy style feel. Um, i i love that record and when you and i initially both enjoyed it but we said it was too early to call well i will say now officially i think it's a classic because i can still occasionally in this year i've gone back to it a few times and i can put it in and let it run and it's an album from front to back that i can listen to without stopping uh does it have does it have a gin and juice on it no probably not is there a murder was the case on there no but if you look at snoop's discography as a whole I'd put it in classic territory. I will listen to that album five years from now. I'll get a hunkering for some Snoop Dogg, or a hankering hunkering? Hankering? I don't know.
1: I don't think it's hunkering. But hankering. I'm
0: going to get a hankering for some Snoop Dogg, and I'll put that album on. And if he, like I said, if he ever drops that on vinyl, I don't know why he hasn't, uh, I would buy that. I would have that in my collection. I really, really enjoy that record.
1: That's a good track. It's a good album, man. Yeah, it's a, it was, it's a, it was it's on both of our year lists, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It made the top five. And then when we talk about Yellow Wolf, uh, you and I both say love story is a classic. There was a gap after love story. I don't remember how long it was before we got trial by fire, but I would say at least four years. I, I, if I had to guess, I'm just venturing to guess. I, I could be wrong.
1: Well, sir, love story dropped in 2015 trial by fire dropped in 2017.
0: Okay. Three years. So we had three years to rot on that yellow wolf album. Like and i i I championed that album anybody i ran into i was like if you haven't heard love story listen to love story you got to check out love story three years is a pretty long time like and love story was so good and you and i loved it so much that we drove to the record store to buy trial by fire based
1: just on how much we loved love story i literally remember if you recall trial by fire was delayed Yes, there was some delays, Yeah, Because I think he was in rehab or something He was having problems Yeah, he was having some issues Yeah And it was delayed And it finally dropped towards the end of October in Mm -hmm. 2017 Mm -hmm. I literally left work at like 9.45 in the morning To drive across town in Modesto To go to, um Oh my god What is the record? Mad Monk? No, no it's where the warehouse used to be on the Fye. Kennedy. Yes. Okay. Fye, FYE yeah. picked up Trial by Fire, took a picture, sent it to you. You're like, oh shit, I got it as soon as I'm off work or whatever. You yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Get it. Yeah, I bought it too right? that yeah. day. Yeah, and that was the only day I've ever listened to Sabrina.
0: Yes, that's the song, the last man. time it's I've listened disturbing to that song. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so anyway. Yeah. The way we look at albums, the way that we, you know, everything is in our hand. Yes. It's how we, you know, and, and that's the that's the hard part for me is. And, and i'm sure for you is things would be great and we listen to them but then there's so much stuff that i don't go back so if i go back yeah i actively search for it or i actively come back to it yes that's a banger
0: yes and that's what i've been doing i've done that with that snoop dog record a few times like since and i listened to it a shit ton when it first dropped but i've gone back to it at least four or five times and still love the i love the um Crip my crip, crip your enthusiasm. That 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 curb your enthusiasm That's a great beat. theme sa- sample used in the hip hop beat with Snoop rapping over it is so good. Uh the song with the game, jerseys and the rafters is incredible. I mean, the song where they, they 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 found a Nate Dogg hook and threw it on there and it's got Nate Dogg and Snoop back together again is so fucking good dude it's i could just go on and on there's a ever i don't there isn't a record i don't like i think you and i talked about the ti record it's not our favorite but it ain't a bad record it just doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the album like but it's really good but yeah man i uh, don't know how we got off on this tangent uh, i think you were talking about the beauty of social media and 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 the the positives and negatives to it but yeah man there's just so much
1: well this is this is a perfect example uh of the beauty if you yes. will, of, uh, this is a, we talked about this, this, uh, we used to say this when we would do our, uh, social media post is, uh, join the conversation. Yes. This is a conversation. Right. We're just having that conversation. Uh, we did not do absolute anything we talked about prior to the show and we just did an entire episode.
0: Correct. Yes. No, we, we didn't. We got off on some tan the 209 tangents. They're famous. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but it was quality conversation. We talked yes. about several things that were, you know, going on. And, and and I can guarantee you, like, I already know several things that are going to come back to us. Like, yes. while we're talking, like, because uh, Kyle, aka Dakotist, is notorious. Oh, uh, you nasty is notorious. A lot of people are like, like, oh, hey, I heard you guys talking about. This and they were showing clips from this podcast. Have you checked out this one? Right. Did, have you seen this? right Did you see that Theo Vaughn episode with Hulk Hogan? Whatever. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That kind of stuff. So um anyway. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. It was a good episode. You know what's funny as I think I started off this episode by saying, you know, we talk about movies, we talk about music but what's going on in our personal lives can even be more interesting, and then we proceeded to talk about mu- <laughs>
1: music. Music and social media. Yeah, and all yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah but I, I'm pretty sure I kicked off this episode by saying the shit going on in our personal lives can be even more fascinating, but there was this Dr. Dre documentary and whoop, there we go down the rabbit hole, man. And that's the beauty of this podcasting. Bill,
1: Bill got a- distracted by the 2013 release of <laughs> The Defiant, <laughs> defiant One. Hey,
0: Jimmy, I've seen some beast, man. I, what He's can you say? Here. Yeah, what can you say? I had no idea. This is a little Italian fucking business tycoon monster.
1: Let me tell you this. Yeah. Next week, yes. we are definitely going to talk about a couple things. Yeah. Um, We have to talk about uh some bay area travels yes yeah, yeah yeah um i have a funny robin williams little anecdote to oh nice come back on what you just talked about the goat? mr yeah. robin williams yeah um <clears throat> also we are going to address uh we had a comment from uh listener body body bone rot bone body rot bone is body rot. What goes
0: by on bringer, instagram bringer, bringer. aka tyler my man tyler you know, we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are um, family and friends, uh, acquaintances, people that we're connected to. But it's very amazing when someone comes by the podcast naturally, like they came across uh, one of our social media feeds and decided to click in and check it out and listen and then provide feedback. And that's Tyler, a.k.a. Bone Body Rot, on Instagram. He is an amazing music fan. Uh, he has deep knowledge of hip hop. He loves the culture, but he loves a lot of music, uh, but hip hop especially. At least from his social media feeds, I can tell he's a massive hip hop head. Uh, and he, he he comments and he listens, and uh, we'll talk about a message that he sent to us on our Instagram social media. I'll read the message, and then we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But it's really special. It's a really touching words and uh also he made some comments i want to touch on about some of our opinions on music so So
1: we've got some fun stuff coming up uh thank you for being here thanks for checking it out we will see you guys next week and uh bill get us out of here
0: in the immortal words of my man george clinton anything good is nasty but it ain't good unless you play with it so go out there and have some fun my people and until the next time we will see you in the 209 peace
1: boots by dre Boots.